Hi there, I'm Mars Court, President and CEO of Walbridge Mining. Walbridge trades on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the symbol WM. Uh, we've been working on our uh, large land package in uh, the Abitibi Greenstone uh, belt of uh, uh, Quebec. Quebec is a very uh, attractive district in terms of mining investment, great infrastructure, great skilled workforce. We have power line, hydroelectric power line, less than 20 kilometers away from the property. We currently are advancing uh, two of our large assets, one being Fenelon, which we just released a um, maiden resource estimate of a uh, total of about 3.6 million ounces of the uh, endowment, 60% of that in the indicated category, as well as an 800,000 ounces at Martinier, which is only 30 kilometers away from Fenelon. We have this large land package of 97 kilometers stretch right from the Ontario border where the E2 Lake mine is currently being mined. We've already identified three large gold systems on this belt. That's the, uh, the uh, detour, Fenelon and Martinier. And our recent regional exploration on a Casol property, the option also has come up with some mineralization in an area where they hasn't seen any, uh, for kilometers, any drilling, and we still come up with the visible gold and mineralization. So we see a lot of potential in terms of this large land package, but more importantly, the growth potential at our large assets of Fenelon and Martinier. Mars. Thank you very much for going on the show. I haven't seen you since August. Thank you. You've been busy. It's been busy. It's been busy. <laughs> but I've got to pick you up on something straight out of the gate, okay? You told me you were going to put the main resource out in September. It's December, and we, you know, we're talking about it now. Why, why, why did it take so long? Well, we actually delivered it, I think it was uh, in first week of November. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we were supposed to have it in September, at the end of September. Uh, we announced that as a result of the fact that we were still waiting for some assay results and that we needed to include that into the mineral resource estimate, that we extended that to the end of October. Now, come October 29th, which was the last day of trading on, in October, we still didn't deliver it, partly because we were still working with the consultants in order to ensure that if we tell the market what day we're gonna have, that was exact date without any other delays. So as a result, we announced it, I believe on November 1st, that we'll have the release on November 10th, and we had a webcast as well as the release of the MRE. We're very pleased with that MRE, by the way. It's, uh, you know, when you have 4.4 million ounces together between the two properties, 3.6 million ounces of it at, 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 at Fenelon, 60% of that in indicated, which is typically not usual for, uh, for deposits in the first resource estimate to have that much in the indicated category. It just speaks to the uh, quality of the deposit. Yeah, okay. But people like you to be on time. So you're saying assay results have been slow coming through in, in Canada, which, which we've seen across the board there. Did you manage to get all of the drilling in that you wanted or did you just say, we can't, we can't go on any longer than this? It'll disappoint the market. So the drilling, in fact, was actually cut off at the end of July, very early on. It right. wasn't the drilling, it was the assay results of that drilling information. We sort of had estimated the timeline of the assay returns to be able to include that for our September 30th. But there were important assays that we needed to include, and that's why by, by late September, we realized that we're not going to be able to put that in. And remember, the minute you receive the assays, it's not as if you're just going to punch the numbers and get in. So the consultants will have to do their work and doing the review of that in terms of making sure that it comes into the resource category. But do you think you put undue um, pressure on yourself? I look, I look at uh, some um, peers, great bear, no, no maiden resource just sold for a, a, a wonderful uh, number. Um, do you think that you could have said to the market, do you know what? It'd be better for us if we 
we delayed this like a quarter and then announced it. We'll have a nice number. We're very confident of what we're seeing. It'll be okay, folks. Would you have got away with that? Well, first of all, let me kudos to the management team and Chris Taylor of Great Bear. It's a great deal for the shareholders of Great Bear. And uh, and when you really look at that in terms of M&A, you can see how that M&A uh, situation is really heating up. I mean, we were, we were looking at a 40 to 50% premium typically, but we've seen in 2021, those premiums are higher. In fact, Great Bear, Never mind the 30% or 40% that they got from their, you know, from the recent. But when you really look at pre-September, this is over 80% premium. If you actually look at their 52-week low, this is almost 200% or 220% premium to that. So kudos to the management team, but it just speaks to the to the uh, to the need for the large companies to be able to replenish the ounces that they uh, they 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 uh, they deplete, and and then we're gonna see that heated up even more so. In the future, particularly because they're making the cash, but they're not able. You're not able to put that into into the exploration of their own. So they need to look outwards. Yeah, they will see lots, lots of that. So get back and answer the question: Should you have delayed it? No, no, no. I think the market expected us to actually deliver a baseline, because you know when we kept talking about the multi-million ounce, we were very cognizant of not coming up with a certain range or numbers, because you know at the end of the day, it's an independent consultant who does that. For us to say that, it would be it would be it, it wouldn't be prudent, in, you know, in case we were wrong and, 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 and you know, somehow disclose something that we weren't quite comfortable with. So, so from our point of view, we needed to start a baseline and, and we we're very happy that we did that. But what we are also very happy is that we've demonstrated now that that's just the first resource at Fanalon. It has a significant growth potential with that. And I'd be happy to share that in a couple of slides with you. Okay, but we'll get there, I promise. Uh, I'll, and I'll let you share some slides, it'd be great. But 2.67 of indicated, right? It gets you on the register. People are, the big guys are looking at you. Had you hoped to do more? Because I think certainly the market had hoped you to be doing more. And I think they expected higher grades. So, you know, was it, were there problems so, that you came across? Not at all. So let me explain the, let me explain the, uh, the, the, uh, Growth potential first, and then I'll talk about the grades. So, so, so 2.7 million ounces of indicated is great. And in fact, not only is it good because in terms of, of what it is today, but more importantly, now our focus in the future would be on expansion drilling rather than trying to convert that from inferred to in indicated, which is also another cost that we've actually been able to, to save. Again, it speaks to the quality of the deposit. So in terms of ex expansion, we've only looked at a one kilometer by one kilometer area. If I can share my screen, Matt, I can sure. explain to you. Okay. Uh, go on then. You know, I think you've got access now. There yeah. you go. So, so, so when I really look at it, this is this is the area of uh, of the open pit or the mineral resource that we concentrated on, and we needed to have that baseline. But what's important about it is that you know down to the Sunday Lake deformation, there were still block models that were identified, but we couldn't categorize them into the maiden into the maiden resource. All along, you can see all the intersection in this area. That's another kilometer stretch down towards the Sunday Lake deformation zone. To the southwest, we can see that we already have gone and they've done some drilling outside of that, and we're still getting over 10 gram a ton material over here. So, so our focus would be in terms of expansion, being able to bring this perhaps for another kilometer. On this side, Within the existing area, we still have a lot of drill holes that are above five or 10 gram a ton intersections that have never, have not been included in this MRE, partly because there wasn't enough sufficient drilling to do so. So, so we know that we're going to be able to increase the ounces in here. 
over to the Northwest, there's a lot of areas that we were looking at when we were drilling the Gabbro, even historically previous owners didn't sample things that were open pitable material near surface because they were all looking for these uh, Gabbro zone, high grade, double, triple digit grades. So, so we see a lot of potential within this pit to be ex expanded, but more importantly, again, to the West and to the uh, Northwest. The Gabbro East zone again, Matt, it's been discovered that about three or four months ago, we discovered this Gabbro East zone. So we see a lot of potential for us to be able to grow this. So we know that the initial resource estimate needed to have a baseline to work from, but we're now seeing that this area from a 1.1 kilometer could potentially be a two by two kilometer. So, so now you look basically it's four times the area that we're going to be, uh, we're going to be testing in the next update. Right. Okay. Let, let, let's, stop, let's stop there because there's a lot to digest, a lot, of, a lot of points there as well. And I'll also make reference to our last interview because we covered this point off there and if people will put a link below to that. So people should go and watch our last interview. We talked about the fact that this story got really overheated when Eric Sprott came in. The, 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 the share price went crazy from sort of end of 2019 through most of 2020, right? Um, and it's, it's come way off, right? It's come way off since, since those dizzy heights. No fault of yours, but the thing that you can control is you've got numerous press releases out which talk about these high-grade <clears throat> hits that you've, you're, you you manage. But it, the, the, the average grade is much lower because you're, you're talking about an orogenic ore body here where it's going to be yeah. – and, and this, this talks to the change of strategy or people's perceived change of strategy for you, which is it's mostly kind of low-grade stuff with these large intermittent high-grade veining, right? That, that was always going to be the case with an orogenic play. But do you think you kind of maybe cause some of that downfall yourself by continually talking about these high-grade – veins or, 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 uh, that, that you were seeing throughout the property? So I actually went back because we, we've done a lot of analysis of whether we should have communicated better. So I went back through all of our press releases when we, when we disclosed our assets, March 8th, March 22nd, May 6th, June 2nd, June 29th, and October 6th. In each one of these press releases, if you actually refer to the quotations that we have either from myself or Attila Pentec, our VP Exploration, we talked about the bulk mineability of this deposit. We talked about the fact that these are high-grade veins as well as lower-grade veins around it. I have this slide in front of me in here, and you can see that, you know, let me just uh, see if I can annotate in here. Uh, in any case, you can see the high-grade material never left. They're still there, Matt. In, you know, in terms of, you know, these are anything that you see in, uh, in orange, red, or green are anywhere between three to above 10 grams a ton. So you can see that the, the particularly the red and purple. So, so those high-grade veins are still there. But when you see those one to three gram a ton, which are these yellow, or yellow zones around it, we can see tens of meters of wide of these zones that when you really go in there, you'd be able to mine these at a lower cutoff grade because it's lower cost mining. Uh, very analogous to, say, Young Davidson or Goldex or even the uh, Yamanas Wasamac in terms of being able to mine these at six, 7,000 tons a day at much lower cost. So, so these aren't low-grade, uneconomic ounces. These are actually grades that are very, in terms of actually bulk mineable, it's actually higher than what the current going is. Yamana is mining at 2.17 to 2.65 grams a ton for the past three years. Goldex is mining about 1.3 grams a ton, and they're still making money at these gold prices that we have used in our estimates. So, so we see this high grade never left, except for we now see those 
ounces are very economic to be able to put together and mine them in bulk. No, I, I, I get that. And I, well, you're, you're right for bringing it up because I'm not sure everyone does get it. But, you know, there are companies mining at 0.4 and economically it's, you know, bulk mining, nothing wrong with it. But yeah. it's the sexy sex and violence that comes with the high-grade headline numbers in press releases that people buy into, it's those sorts of numbers that get you financing. It's because it's driving, you know, they drive your share price, people get excited for all the wrong reasons. Do you think now that you've got a job, and we sort of did it last time we spoke, you've now got a job to explain to people why the change was starting, why open pit, and you started talking about some of the numbers there, it's about contained metal and the cost of that contained metal uh, is always obviously going to be cheaper with open pit. But do, do you do you do sort of see that, you know, the this change in narrative does alarm people. And so what would you say to those people about the path that you're choosing going forward? I know your early stage is it's maiden resource, you've got some studies yeah. to do. So what are you going to do to kind of allay fears, calm them down? Yeah. So communicating, number one, as we had throughout the year, but perhaps even better, because obviously I just, I just referred to every press release during the 2021 that we talked about the bulk mineability. But perhaps we still didn't do a very good job. We've got to keep communicating that. At the end of the day, Matt, this is the first resource estimate. So when you really look at it, maybe the pit would be 300 meters. Maybe the optimized pit as it gets, most of these would be in the underground portion. It, those are some of the areas that we'll be continuing to do trade-off study, continue drilling at this deposit to keep growing it, but could potentially make that high grade uh, or the underground portion even higher than what it is today, but it's still being bulk, bulk mineable. Today, even at the above three grams a ton, the underground portion is already economic, very economic in terms of bulk mineable. But we, we, are, we know that we're even going to be able to improve that more so. And, and so, so those are just some of the communications that we'll continue to do. We'll, you know, we'll try to t explain that these high-grade material still exist, but these are orogenic systems that need to be looked at in terms of what are the most optimized ounces that you can take out of the ground. Right. So, so what's the plan going forward here? Because you know we reference Great Bear and the fact they they just drill, drill, drill. Uh, you've got a big maiden resource. It's Bigger, bigger than average uh, maiden resource, uh, you could easily, you can comfortably say. Do you say, look, we're going to continue drilling here because we want to maybe do an updated resource before we start studies? Or do you think you need to firmly get into that whole study process and start banging out PEAs, PFSs, et cetera, whilst expanding the resource? As I just explained in the other slide about the growth potential of this map, there is no reason that, you know, there's no doubt in our mind that we need to drill more to bring this to the next exploration stage to really get its ultimate size. And, and, and we see that to happen, you know, nominally maybe 150 to 200,000 meters at Fenelon and around, nominally around 50,000 meters at Martinier will get us to the point where we now see the ultimate size potential and be able to carry that to an economic study. So in terms of when the next step would be, we still need the next exploration program completed before we bring this to economic study. Right, how's the cash? The cash is at the end of September, we had $53 million. Uh, we're expecting about a $7 million refundable tax credit from Quebec government. So that would be $60 million. Uh, and that would happen within the next week or so. And uh, by the end of the year, with all of the expenditures from end of September to now, we will be left with about $40 million Canadian in the Treasury. We are expecting the 2020 tax credits to be 
back to us. It's roughly about $10 million before mid-year next year. So that will basically have about a $50 million available in the treasury to be able to carry out our programs in next year. Now, the program that I just explained in terms of the exploration of 150 to 200,000 meters at Fenelon, 50,000 at Martinier would require more than that. But we're an exploration company. From that point of view, we definitely see uh, we'll look at it opportunistically to see when is the best time for us to be able to raise funds for the balance of the program. So it's going to be really, really important for you next year with that with that kind of expend that rate of expenditure uh, going going out the door. It's going to run you through next year, which is great. But as you say, the, the communication is going to need to improve in the sense that. You're going to need to help people quantify, without a study, you're going to help them quantify the value of what you are creating in, in the ground with the, with the drill bit here, because it's really hard with a you know, majority kind of you know, re- retail don't understand how to convert that into, well, what could that mean in terms of the value of the company? You're, you're up already, you know, whatever you are, 320, 330 million market cap today, yeah. da- down from you know, the, the highs of earlier this year, half of what you were at the beginning of this year. How, how can you do that without a study? What, 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 so, what, how can you arm us to be able to quantify what it is uh, that you're I'll, doing? I'll try to quantify some of that based on what the current expenditures have been. Uh, you know, when you really look at the acquisition costs and all of the exploration expenditures on Fenelon alone, Fenelon was under $30 an ounce discovery in terms of the total analysis. When we really look at it in terms of what the potential growth would be, we see that we'd be able to perhaps match the same dollar per ounce discovery in the future for the next phase of the exploration program. So, so that's some, that's, that, that's really good compared to what the industry average is. Industry average is roughly about 50 to $55. So just inferred and, and then an additional 30 to $50 to carry, you know, convert that to the, to the indicated category and bring it up to economic study. So we see that's the kind of a metrics that we're going to be applying in terms of what the next step could bring in terms of the, what you spend and what you're going to be able to bring. Uh, I, I look at some of our counterparts, for example, without mentioning names, there's another uh, company that is, you know, over a billion dollars and their cost discovery cost is over $78 an ounce. Other, you know, other companies are in that range. So we see the quality of the deposit allows us to be able to be in the lower quartile of the uh, discovery cost per ounce. And we're hoping that we can continue that in the next phase of the exploration program. Right. But you, you, you're going to need to teach people how to calculate. We've, I've just spoken to another, the founder of um, Detour, Goldman. He talks about it the way that you do, but it's not the language used in, on the street, as it were, by, by retail. In terms of the way that you look at the, the value of the contained metal and, and, and the cost of accessing it, do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's great, but it's kind of going to go over most people's heads. So is there something else you need, need to do to be able to allow people to quantify what it is that you're going to do with 60 million bucks next year? I, I think I mentioned that the growth potential of Fenelon in terms of area, we've only looked at it one, one kilometer by one kilometer and have come up with three and a half million ounces. We think that in the next phase of the exploration program, we're looking at a two by two clock. That's four times the area. Now, does it have the same metal endowment? Well, there's, we need to prove whether it doesn't. But that's just a quantification of what the next step could be in terms of the growth potential of the Martinier, which we're not getting a lot of credit for, was a 600,000 ounces when we purchased the, you know, when we acquired Balmoral Resources. It's currently at 800,000 ounces to get a metal endowment. 
we believe that we're going to be able to significantly improve the Martinier to perhaps multiple of, of where it is today with the additional exploration drilling in that. So, so that alone is also another, another asset that certainly can help even the economics of any project at a hub such as Fenelon. So in any future person would, would look at Fenelon and Martinier as, as, a, as one asset, would they? I mean, it's within 30 kilometers of each other, man. So, 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 you know, I mean, I see a lot of companies that have, the, I mean, I live in Sudbury, Ontario, where the mines are anywhere between 50 to 70 meters, 70 kilometers of, of, of the, uh, of the um, processing facility. So, so Martinier doesn't need telling facility, does not need to require a mill. It does, might not even require a camp. All of that would be at Fenelon, and you'd be able to basically just take the Martinier at just the transportation cost of the ore over a 30-kilometer distance. Now, that is a very beneficial number of ounces. If, if, if you were giving X ounces to Fenelon, the, the X should be multiplied by, by the fact that you no longer have that capital expenditure nor the infrastructure for that other deposit. And that's just Martinier. We have 97-kilometer stretch of this land package. We currently are drilling at Grassette. Not because of its nickel, but because of its gold. But if Grasset is only two kilometers from Fenelon, if we can find another discovery at Grasset, even if it could be 500,000 ounces or a million ounces, those are all extra ounces that will be definitely help the economics of Fenelon. But I'm trying to understand how you set yourself up for success for the, for the future. Because someone else is going to come in and, and, and build this thing out, I suspect, right? So 543... Uh, ounces of measurement indicated at Martinier is get also eight hundred thousand all in. Um, that's it. That's a good start. Do you say I'm going to focus my efforts on that because I think that could be another multi million pound, multi million ounce deposit because it sits quite nicely with Fenelon, or as you say, you've got other satellite projects which you could go and tackle, but the economics become slightly strained at at, at, at that point. So how do you come at it? And what are you setting, it, setting yourself up to do or look like? We need to focus and, and, and you know, make sure that it's a plain vanilla story because that's also something that the investors love to see. You know, you can't be going after every project. We have a 910 square kilometer land pack. We're not going to go and poke holes everywhere we see targets. So, so from our point of view, the most advanced asset today and most valuable asset is Fenelon. So, so that's our P1. Priority one is Fenelon. Priority two is Martinier. And then we, we're going to dedicate maybe five to 10% of our exploration drilling efforts on regional exploration in order to identify other targets. And that's just creating value for the shareholders and knowing that Fenelon can grow on its own, Martinier can add to it. And then on top of that, there is other one pipe, other projects that can come through the pipeline. That's our focus for the next phase of the exploration program. I'm hoping that we can do that in 12 months. The next exploration phase. But again, it all depends, and as I mentioned, it depends on our financial ability and our resource ability in, in, instead of the camp size and everything else to be able to deliver all of that in the shortest amount of time to be able to get better value sooner. Right. Because if I, which is intri intrigues me, because if you look at the targets you need to set yourself, it seems like the next target's got to be 5 million ounces, right? To be, to, right? I, I, I don't, I, I don't I mean to push you, Mars, but I think that's the number you need well, to aim for. Well, look, I mean, it's, from our point of view, we, we see a significant growth potential at Martinier and we see a significant growth potential at Fenelon. So, so, so I wouldn't be able to, again, tell you what the actual number would be. But the, the, word, the word significant should mean that it's, it's not going to be an incremental increases because we've seen that quite, quite. 
Remember, this whole resource is not constrained by geology. It's only constrained by the drilling. And money. And money. Always. I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to compare you to uh, like, like a marathon of, of this world. You have gone about it the right way. And I'm just, that's why I'm intrigued about how you piece this together in the right way rather yeah. than create sort of this false narrative around high grade or satellites or whatever, right? So, um, and I think that's, that's a company which has done, done it very, very well. So if I, if I look at the, what you can do next year is just more drilling, right? More drilling yes. for the purpose of what? For a an upgraded resource by the end of the year? Is that the goal? Well, again, the timeline, it all depends on our ability to be able to do that financially, uh, you know, and, and as well as the resource ability. Yeah, the next phase of the exploration program will bring this to a stage where we're going to be able to, we may be able to carry that to the economic study. Right, which would be in 2023. 2023 is our timeline right now. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, with your current shareholders, obviously, you, Eric Sprott's still around. He's not. He's not dumping stock on you. Not at all. No. I, in fact, uh, Eric. Eric and I have had a chat recently. Uh, Post resource estimate. Uh, he's happy. Okay. Of course, everybody. Everybody was a bit surprised of the lower grade material, but there's also some reasons for the lower grade which we've tried to explain and. The explanation is uh, was uh, very satisfactory, and he understands the potential for this deposit. Right. So, didn't, didn't surprise him. I'm, well, what surprised me is you, you you made that comment in relation to me asking about Eric Sprott. So, you've obviously had a conversation specifically about that. He understands the strategy of the open pit. He's comfortable with the the scale of it. I mean, it's a, we're talking about big yes. big pit. Not only him, but a lot of our other large shareholders, as well as the uh, institutional. Uh, uh, investors right uh, everybody understands that those high grades as you can see on this screen that i have in here doesn't it's not disappeared it's still there mm. how else do you how else how else do you pass again we've had lots of questions sent in and i apologize to everyone for not answering all of the questions sent asking all of the questions sent in but they were answered in the previous interview a, a lot of them so please go and click the link below on that one but one one which keeps coming back up which is obviously we had the conversation last time, but let's do it now. It, it, it is, is the nickel component here? Why aren't you offloading the nickel component? Nickel prices are going through the roof. Everyone wants nickel. Surely you can cash that in today and spend the money drilling. I, I get this question just about every interview. I bet. And, I, I bet. I, and, and I've answered it as best as I can. Uh, first of all, uh, with an exploration company, nickel prices typically don't shouldn't matter in terms of exploration. Yes, you get you get the hype. But the unfortunate part was that's exactly what Balmoral did when the nickel prices were high. They started focusing their efforts on, on nickel. But by the time they came up with the resource, nickel had already gone down. So, so, so cycles don't always work for you in terms of that. But that's, that's here and there. From our point of view, we see a lot of value in our grasset nickel. And we also see a lot of value in our copper nickel PGM assets in Sudbury, uh, Ontario. Let me address grasset. Grasset is attached to Fenelon. We see a lot of potential for gold at Grasset. For us to sell Grasset or do any kind of a, 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 a you know a deals with anyone, you have to look at two groups. One would be the major companies. One would be the junior companies. Five and a half million tons of very good grade is not something that the majors are interested in purchasing. And in terms of a joint venture. You know, there hasn't been as much interest in terms of that, particularly because of its location. So there is a lot of interested parties from the junior side. Believe it or not, it should be. But 
at the end of the day, it's not going to our approach with the junior companies would necessarily be we'll be the largest shareholder of that junior company and holding their stock because obviously they're not going to be able to pay the cash to it for us to be able to use towards our exploration at Fenelon. So we're going to own shares of that company. And it's going to take a while for those shares to appreciate. So, so from a monetization of the nickel assets, it really isn't a short-term approach to it to be able to do it. Yeah, in the long term, we understand that that, that can happen. So what happened, why haven't we done it even with, in terms of getting the shares of the junior companies? Because we, we have not seen enough credible groups that can actually get more value for it than us holding on to it until we do something better with it. So, so the material is not rotting, it's still in the ground and, and, and it's still there. We are looking at the gold potential at Grasset. We're also looking at in terms of if Fenelon happens to be a D2 size because of the proximity of the Grasset, we might need the real estate from, the, uh, from, from, from Grasset in terms of the infrastructure that's required for such a large deposit. So, so all of those have been put into, you know, into our analysis and into our reviews. In terms of the copper nickel PGM assets in Sudbury, it's always been through joint ventures with Lawnman Canada or Lawnman PLC and then now Sibani Stillwater. We are working with them to unencumber those joint ventures on those properties to be able to actually get value, either you know, passing it on to some uh, junior company to be able to explore on it. Because we are not going to spend a dollar on exploration for nickel or copper PGM. Our focus is on gold. However, we want to get value for it. And I want to be clear because I know that some people want us to go ahead and drill two holes at Grasset. But that just tells me and everybody else that we're not going to be focused on our most valuable asset, which is our gold assets. Okay, understood. Nickel, there's no finance, there's no cash reward for trying to monetize the nickel at the moment. So not in the short what's term. the point, right? It has value. But that wouldn't be you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to see that in, in the form of cash. You'd see it in the form of predominantly shares, right? And that doesn't help yeah. you solve the problem of how do you continue to unlock the value on, on the gold assets. All right, I, I get it. Okay, I, like I said, I think we talked about it before, but it's, it's worth repeating until people yeah. understand the timing and the optionality you have um, on that, um, or they can go and join our weekly nickel show and, and understand the world of nickel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, Right, so winners from the plant. At the end of next year, you're going to be down on cash. So you're 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 going to sit here and hope one, the gold market recovers, and two, people are a little bit excited uh, about the drill results continuing to look like they have been um, to date for you, and you being able to communicate really clearly the additional value that that drilling has um, created. Right. So, you know, the fact that we're going to be sitting with $40 million Canadian in the Treasury, it's a, it's, a, it's a very flexible advantage that we have over some other companies. Remember over the past, I think, just about, I looked at a number of, in fact, all of the explorers and developers globally, uh, they've all been down anywhere between 40 to, with the exception of a few, Great Bear being one of them, uh, they've all been anywhere between 40 to 70% uh, from their 52-week high. That's one. Secondly is, there's also what I call a curse of maiden resource estimates. Uh, we've looked at it, uh, you know, Osisco went down 
you know, more than what we have over the, you know, since the, you know, the delivery of the MRE. Rupert resources had, they're starting to recover. But typically, market expectation is always different than what the actual MRE comes out, you know, the maiden resource comes. Thirdly, the gold has been out of favor over the past few months. It's not just, it's not just for Walbridge, it's, it's for explorers, developers, as well as the majors uh, in terms of that. We see 2022 to be a better year in terms of gold environment. We also see that the, we're going to demonstrate to the market the growth potential at Fenelon and at Martinier and along this whole belt. And, and we also see that there's an M&A activity, so therefore there's also perhaps the takeover premiums that most exploration companies of our stage might get. So that's why that having $40 million cash in the treasury gives us that flexibility to opportunistically look at raising funds rather than just doing it because somebody just said, here, here's, here's X million dollars, go ahead and spend that. Spend that. So, so we'll look at it throughout 2022. As I mentioned, we are an exploration company. We will need to raise money, but we'll do it as uh, responsibly as we can. But at the end of the day, sometimes the share price shouldn't dictate what you need to do to advance the project uh, because it's important because in the past I've seen companies who have stuck to a, I gotta wait till I am at where I was before. But what happens is if your inactivity actually brings your share price lower because you're not delivering what you should be delivering to the market. Okay, and I, I, look, I, I, I buy that. that it's, it's probably similar for a lot of uh, precious metal companies um, at the moment. I've, this, I've had this conversation a lot over the past couple of months with precious metal uh, companies. I'm keen to see what the drawback returns for you next year. I'm keen to see how you improve your communications with the marketplace. I'm keen to see what you can do in terms of um, the the scale that you're able to demonstrate and more importantly, help us understand the economics without the aid of a study as best you can. So appreciate That's been our intention and uh, again, I, as I mentioned, we had been communicating it, but obviously not well enough for the market to still believe that we are, you know, we need to communicate better. And this is exactly why we, we're going to continue giving updates to uh, groups like yourself that has followers. Uh, I just did one about a few days ago, and I got, we're going to continue doing so in order to make sure that people understand the growth potential of this, not just Fenelon, not just Martinier, this whole land package. There is a lot of growth potential in here. Believe it or not, it's 97 kilometers, and that's essentially between Valdor and Rouen Noranda, with much less drilling. In the great province of Quebec as well. Can't be bad. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Uh, Mars, lovely to catch up with you. We need to do it way more often. Um, I, I like hearing the thinking and how you're going about things. And if you want to come on and get technical, we can have a technical conversation too. So I appreciate time. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Take care.